Hey everyone, it's your girl, your auntie, your friend, and your host of the show, TK. Our mission is simply to bring knowledge and information to inspire and help young men and women in the community transform their lives. Welcome to the Back and Forth TV podcast. It's your girl TK. So welcome this morning. I have my friend Kevin with me, Mr. Kevin Daniels. Welcome going? to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and then I got my hype man in the background, Mr. Kevin Davis. So I got Kevin and Kevin this morning. <laughs> hey. And um, I was supposed to have Miss Shade McGrew here, but she was not feeling well. Um, so we'll just catch her another time. We'll make it. We'll make it happen. So. Really quick introduction for Mr. Daniels. He was actually born in. Is it Wiesbaden? Wiesbaden? Yes. Oh my goodness. Germany. (laughs) Um, And that was mainly because he was a military brat. So you had parents that were in the military. Um, So he's been married for nine months to Miss Marissa Daniels. You guys are so cute on Facebook. I appreciate that. Y'all are so cute. That's not not me at all. (laughs) (laughs) All her, huh? All her. All right. So newlyweds here. Um, Kevin is currently a worship leader at Pulpit Rock. Pulpit Rock mm-hmm. Church, um, and he's been there for the past eight years, and he currently also sh- serves as a worship pastor for Cost I Love You, mm-hmm. which is a gospel movement committed to serving the city of Colorado Springs. Yes. So, COS, Cause I Love You, it's like the abbreviation play on words, you know, COS is like Colorado Springs, so it's just geared toward- That loving. makes sense. That makes sense. Well, welcome. Thank you. Thanks Cheers. For Thanks oh, for yes. coming. Oh, yes. Just goodness. so you guys know, mimosas is like the new thing for the show because I shoot early in the morning. So this is kind of what we're going to be doing now. It's kind of the thing. So um, before we get started, I have a question for you. Let's hear it. Living single or Martin and why? Ooh. Um, you know what? I'm going to go Martin. I'm, I'm going to go with Martin. Uh, the reason why I'm going to go Martin is because, first and foremost, just the dynamic between him uh-huh. and Gina is is everything. Uh-huh. Is everything. Living single is legit. But Martin, and it's more funny. It's funnier. Yeah, it's hilarious. I think Martin has more seasons, too, to right? watch. Because I think Living Single, they only went for five seasons before they were off the air. But I don't know. I kind of, I love Living Single. for. I could probably quote almost every episode because i've watched it religiously i think on martin i, I was waiting every moment for bro man to come down <laughs> to come down from the yeah flow. yeah I'm, I'm i'm waiting on bro man i'm like is that him <laughs> or every time martin walked in i'm i'm thinking bro man's in the kitchen he's got to be yeah i think what i liked about living single though is that the whole show wasn't focused on like you know, well, yeah. a, one or two people. Mm-hmm. It was like over the, the entire group of friends. That's true. That's true. And I kind of like I could see myself in each of the women that were on the show. I, um, I, I can dig that. But with Martin, that. it's kind of like it's focused on Martin and Gina and then the rest of the cast, you know. But yeah. it is a lot funnier to watch. It for is. Sure. Living, I, I, I agree to that point. Living Single just had so many. It had an amazing cast, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But then just to see life through each of them, like mm-hmm. they actually focused on each and every person at some point in time. Right, so you got right. some, yeah, I can dig yeah. that. Yeah, so I wish they would have gone longer than five seasons, though. I wish they would come back, but they're all too old now. They are too old. Have you seen Kyle? Ooh, I haven't, but I, I don't want to imagine that, though. Like, I mean, he was- I he mean, was, he, he was, still looks good, but he's like, he's, he's old. you know, he but has changed. Old. Yeah, he's changed. You know, I mean, I don't think they should come back. I think they should just recast everybody with us. I know. 
I could I could definitely I mean I wouldn't be living single, but I mean I, I can act though. Yeah, I'm trying to think of which character I would be. I, I don't know because I feel like I'm a little of each of the girls. I have like a hood side of me, but I also have a really bougie side <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> um, then I got that smart witty side, and then I'm really goofy. I don't really know which one I would be. What do you think, Kevin? Everybody thinks I'm so bougie. Kim feels no, legit. I mean, she's not actually bougie. <laughs> she's like all of those, like goofy. Yeah, she lives yeah. in Denver too. But on yeah, the show, though, she was yeah. like the bougie character. Does she really live in Denver? Mm-hmm. She she goes to Heritage. Oh, I need to go meet her. Oh, that's I need to have her on the show when I get a little bigger. Oh, what do you out. mean? Don't despise small beginnings. Get her now. You know, I'm trying to make sure I got my stuff together. That's fair enough. You know I saying? mean, I think it's legit, though. I mean, yeah. for all the viewers, this place is nice. Yes, it is nice. It's not just some rundown it ain't in nobody's mess basement. I got in my right, in a, garage. In, in, in nobody's basement. I was going to do it at my house, though. And then my friend, <laughs> his name was Darren. He was like, so... And he works out in Hollywood. And so he was like, we need to talk about this. He was like, you can't do this. Oh, man. No. Mm, this ain't gonna work. This is unprofessional. He hurt my feelings a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> to the topic at hand, chapter 30. I think so many people just freak out about turning 30. You know? We do. And we do. I don't, and I was really one of those people like, oh, I gotta get this done. I have so many things to do before I turn 30. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is, you know, I, I think a lot of young people think that. You know, when they when they get grown, they have so much time. I feel like I graduated high school and I blinked and I was 30. Like, it was here. That's true. Um, so, I don't know. You're 28 years old. You're on your yeah, way. Yeah, I'm, I'm on my way. So, chapter 30 is like right around the corner. It's a nice little, you know, rock skip away. But I will say, I mean, it is true. Like, life really, like, happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and truth be told, I had no aspirations but like I wasn't, I had no goals, no nothing. I was like, listen, I'm just gonna enjoy life and do what I do, and whatever happens, happens. But I think just that's that evaluating stage because I mm-hmm. think when people get ready to get thirty, they start thinking, okay, so what have I accomplished in life, and what should I already have? They try to measure themselves up to what other people think should be happening by thirty. So mm-hmm. marriage, kids, great job, you know, at least three mm-hmm. or four years in your career, mm-hmm. uh, money saved up, you know, a house that you, you know, either started to purchase, you know, so like all that stuff. And after a while I was like, you know what? I'm done with all of this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do just what that makes me happy right now mm-hmm. and focus on the positive. And I can't worry about what other people's expectations of my life should be. Mm-hmm. Cause truth be told, when I look at it, I'd be like, shh. I mean, you didn't get yours till you were 60. What you talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or 40, you know? So it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I, I just think it's so interesting how you mentioned, like, how you feel like you have to have all these things done. And I don't know. I remember, like, graduating high school, and I just felt this immense amount of pressure to make things for my life happen. Because my parents, like, they... They met each other and got married, I think, when they were, like, 19. Wow. Right? And they had me when they were 25. So they were really making things happen, Mm -hmm. you know, in their lives. And so here I am. 
I don't I don't even think I had a real boyfriend by the time. I had never dated before because, you know, I was a church baby. We didn't do all that. Uh, <laughs> my parents wouldn't feel let that happen. Um, <laughs> Listen. So it's like, okay, I go from this really sheltered lifestyle because my parents shielded me from a lot. Like, mm-hmm. we wouldn't finna be doing no sleepovers. Like, oh. y'all know how black parents be. Mm-mm. We ain't doing no sleepovers. Oh, you finna go where? Okay, I need to know their parents. Are they saved? Do they know the Lord? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> do, they, do they speak in tongues? Yeah, and then on top of that, the answer still might even be no. So I came from like this really sheltered lifestyle to now I have to get out in the world and make it, right? So I felt an immense amount of pressure, not just from my parents, but just like people, like other adults, Mm -hmm. like uh, in my church. Oh, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do with your life? You're going to college, right? That's what everybody, oh man. Man, and I felt so much pressure, to get out there and make it happen. And honestly, um, so I'll share this story. I um, I actually had a full ride scholarship to go to school. Hey. Um, don't know how I pulled that off. I was very smart, but I hated doing homework. Like, dang, like, nigga, you got me in school for eight hours and you want me to go home and, and do, do more four. homework? You like bugging. grown adults don't even do this after eight hours. They don't have Listen. homework to do after work. Look, Are y'all crazy? But. I never did it. <laughs> I never did it. So, But I think I got a little bit more serious in high school um, and, I, and I managed to still get a, a full ride scholarship. And um, there was so much pressure to like just jump into college. No clue what I wanted to do. Um, my last year of high school, I got involved in this group called DECA. Okay, yeah. Um, and I loved it, and I'm like, I'm good at this. So I'll just, mm-hmm. I, I'll just go to school for marketing. No clue, like, what that really meant and what that really entailed, right? Um, so I got in, and one thing about me, and this is just something I know about myself. If I'm not passionate about it, I ain't finna be doing it. That's true. I don't care how much you talk to me or pump and pride me. I am a tourist to the T. I'm gonna do what I want to do when I feel like doing it, <laughs> and yeah. So when I'm not passionate about something, I just don't do well. And that's just basically what happened because I rushed into school so fast because I felt this, this pressure. Yeah, to um, go to go and be successful. That's what everybody thinks. We graduate. Oh, you're about to be big now. And I, that's I, another thing mm. is people's definition of success. But go ahead. Yeah. So I same same situation. After high school, I was everybody was like, oh, man, Kevin's about to be the next. Music was like. Everybody just thought, man, he's about to blow up. And I didn't have that goal at all. I was really thinking about you know, where, how far can I get away from my parents <laughs> so I can just do whatever I want to do. Right. So my family's in Colorado Springs. I was like, mm, Kentucky, let's go. So I went to Western Kentucky, and I don't think I talked to my parents like the first three months of being at school. They, they were texting and calling, and I just wasn't answering. And <laughs> no, they were I like, ain't got time for this. is he alive? But they would see me post you know, on Facebook and stuff, so... But I think I was I was very rebellious. Um, I was very rebellious. I just figured, you know, my dad's a pastor. Everybody's expecting that, and I'm just gonna do the opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna do the opposite because I don't want them to tie me to or associate me with any of that. And so I did that. But I think you know, looking back on it now, I wish I would have taken it more serious. But I'm glad I kind of went about it the way I did because God had to really. I I had to like come to my my moment where okay you gonna have to do something like this ain't this isn't working mm-hmm. like nothing nothing you're doing is working there's no 
nothing's coming out of it. Nothing positive mm-hmm. is coming out of mm-hmm. it. Like you got to do something. So right. I had to, yeah, I had to come to that realization. And when I did, thankful I did. Um, and I still got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like going back to the college story. So I ended up, I don't know what it is about me, but no matter what, I know how to go make money. Hey. Like I know how to go get hustle. a bag. Like I will hustle. I don't care what we got to do. The grind. <laughs> so I was actually working and going to school. I did work study in school. And then eventually, um, like, I just wasn't doing well in school. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up like not keeping my scholarship, unfortunately. Um, so then I was like working and paying for school. And I ended up getting this really, really good job at Time Warner Cable. Um, working there. Um, and this really goes back to the other episode that we did last week. It's just about like knowing what your purpose is. Like I really wish had I not been so pressured mm-hmm. and letting other people's definition of success affect me so much, right. I probably would have been in a completely different arena. I agree. Honestly, I probably would have took a year off before I even went to school. Cause I jumped right from high school into college and then, too, mind you, I lived this really, mm-hmm. like, controlled, sheltered life. So when I got out... You was like, hey! Okay, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was Thursday, Friday. That was the same thing. <laughs> Look, and, and like I said, I military brat, grew up overseas, came here to Colorado. Listen, my dad said, you don't know what black women are. I was like, what? Go off to school, son. You'll see. <laughs> Man, I, I, yo, I'm walking around. I'm like, this is a whole nother world. I'm... And let me, who am I about to be this week? And I mean, because don't nobody know you. So right. I, I it, it opened my eyes to just like a whole nother, man, like this is, I'm free. Mm-hmm. I ain't got no, nobody to tell me to go home, do my homework, to get up in the morning. So it was on me. And I took advantage of all of the, all of that, all of that mm-hmm. freedom that mm-hmm. I had. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to class today, bro. Talking to my roommate. Hey, yeah, you know, we should go out. <laughs> like we we should we should probably like it's I think we should go out. It's Tuesday. Like mm-hmm. yeah, we should find something to get into. It was, you know, it I was sheltered. I was sheltered in the sense of my parents, you know, they they kept pushing, hey, you shouldn't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And they gave me my fair share of freedom to, hey, go out and make a decision. You know, we trust you. Um, but when I like I said, when I got to college, and I played college football, mm-hmm. so I'm hanging out with fellas that was from, you know, South Florida, Miami. I mean, they knew what partying was. I didn't, know, I, didn't, I didn't know what that stuff mm-hmm. was. I was like, yeah, you know, we, you know, <laughs> you know, and I mean, they, Kev, come on, man. Come on. The kid from Germany, that's what they call me. Hey, yo, Germany, come on. And I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm coming. Let's say, hey, we're going to see what this is. And those decisions, I mean, they were good. They were, I mean, no lie. I, ha- I had a blast, but definitely not the path that I thought I would be on. And not knowing purpose really, really played into that because mm-hmm. had I knew what purpose was or knew what my calling was, some form of life, I probably would have waited like two or three years to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, all things happen for a reason. You know, I, I did it. <laughs> yeah, the they definitely do. It. Like, um, so I wasn't going to school. Like I, I think I was going to school like part time or something, and then like trying to work. And I got this really, really good job at Time Warner Cable. Um, and I did well. Like, if you really know me, like I can sell anything. Like, 
anything. So I was promoted to like a leadership position. And this is, I'm like 20, 21 years old hey. at this time. Um, making really good money, right? Um, which brings me some of the first lessons I learned. Like, I think because I didn't have the background or the experience of working in such a political environment, mm-hmm. there are some things that really got the best of me, like for sure. Because for one, I don't take mess off of nobody, especially when I was younger. I was very mm-hmm. hot-headed. Um, and... Uh, what was I trying to say? So yeah, there was a lot of things that were coming at me. And then two people were really jealous because there was people that had been working there like 10, 15 years that could not mm. get this promotion. And here I come swoop, swooping in like oh, barely there six months and I took Already all this. Up, so right. there was a lot that I had to deal with at that age. Right. So which brings me to the very first, well, second lesson. So the first one was taking control of my own life, like, Mm -hmm. and not letting things, like, dictate how my life is going to go or let other people's definitions of success, Mm -hmm. you know, manage what I do. Second lesson was finances for me. Yes. Oh, my God. So um, anybody who knows me, I like nice things. And I'd rather not get something and just save up and wait till I can buy (laughs) that nice thing. Um, so I was shop all the time. I think I had at one point, like over 150 pairs of shoes. Like it was out of control. I had a lot of shoes. I had a lot of clothes. And I also had gotten my first apartment during that time, like a really nice two bathroom, two bedroom apartment, my first apartment. And, um, like for me too, like I roommates and stuff that was just never my thing no. i hated it i'd rather go live with my parents and live with someone else i wouldn't need not not even that <laughs> yeah so anyway so first big lesson i learned um was finances so i ended up losing my job mm. um behind some political stuff that had happened uh at the office so um there was this girl she stayed with me like for a little bit and she was supposed to like pay her half. Well, I didn't have it. I didn't have nothing in the bank because I had spent it. <laughs> Shopping. It was 150 pairs of shoes. It, it was, was in those shoes. It was in the closet though. You had it. It was just in the closet on the floor. It right? was in those shoes. And so I, I spent it all. And so that was my first lesson on finances. I ended up, luckily for me, it wasn't an eviction, but I had to move back in. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think this was kind of like a turning point too for my parent, me and my parents' relationship. Not so much my dad, but I don't know what happens with black moms. But when their daughters get grown, I don't know what it is. It's just it becomes this "I'm the queen of this castle" type mm. situation. So for a while, I think from the time that I turned seventeen um, up to this point, I had to be like twenty-two, I think. We just weren't getting along. Just who do you think you are? Yeah. And she was really upset that all of this had happened. So it was just a lot going on. Um, so that was my first real lesson about finances. You know, when I went, I went through a similar situation, mine was, you know, in college, you get that residual, mm-hmm. get that residual. And that right there is like, it's not your money. And I had to learn it the hard way. <laughs> so, you know, I get a deposit for like 3500 in the bank and I'm like, Hey, let's go. So I think I probably went and bought like five or six polo outfits. Talking shoes, shorts, hat, shirt. And I mean solid color outfits. I'm walking around in all yellow. Boom. 
I was a hot <laughs> mess. Like I would never do that today. But I'm out there and that residual's gone. And you know, rent is due. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm on scholarship, so they're taking care of that stuff. And mm. <laughs> yes, yes, they were. Yes, they were, but that's what the residual was for. Oh no. And so, you know, I made I made some poor decisions. And even after college, even after college, you know, I'm the first thing I went and did was bought a car. I was like, I'm about to go get me a nice car. Got a Dodge Charger, 2014, brand new, spanking fresh off the lot. Had no job at the time. I just had, <laughs> I just had some money saved up. Right. And people are like, okay, so what are you gonna do? So I got this little job working in security. And this is, I moved back home after school. Um, got my degree in music education. And by the way, any don't ever do that. Music teachers don't, is, yeah, no. They don't make a lot, huh? No, not at all. And so I'm thinking, I'm about, you know, music teacher, kids about to love this. Um, so I got a job working security, got a brand new car. And my check, every week I got a check. And I was literally just storing it right back into the car. So, you know, I had to learn, you know, wise, you know, necessary risk. Wise, like the right kind of risk. Not everything is a risk. Everything has consequences. But what are the right risks to take financially? So, yeah, you can have that charger when you can afford it. Mm-hmm. Like when your down payment is more than $1,500. Like if you, that's mm-hmm. what you, you. Like living within your means. I think that. Oh, I didn't know just that. Just what's being, what was portrayed on TV and just what you see, mm-hmm. you know, on social media or whatever. I think a lot of the, it just fools a lot of these young people it into does. thinking that. Oh, I'm grown now. This is what my life is going to be like. It does. That and I mean even even the idea of when I say for 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 a man my mom she she used to, I mean she used to say it and I thought she was like oh, whatever mom anybody listen to she was like who do you think you are? You take every little girl out here for lunch whenever you can <laughs> like who do you think you are? What is that? And and I had to really learn like I mean I, I got it though. My like you know what I'm saying? You know and she's like no, that's dumb. Like that's that's dumb. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like, is what do you gain from that? Like a quick hour and a half lunch date, you know what I mean? And I had to really learn, like, ah, dang, you're right. And then even on the weekends, you th- you think you buying a bar is getting you some attention? No, it's leaving you broke. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, just those those, and that's and that's what the world portrays. Like, hey, you got to be. The loud one, the one that's in the center stage, the one that's mm-hmm. buying the drinks, the one that's offering, the one that's no. Mm-hmm. And my mom had to learn. Listen, sometimes it's okay to say you ain't got it, and, it, and it'll show you who your friends are. So, like now, what I know now in this life is, when I don't have it, the the friends that I've surrounded myself with, the people that I trust, should be the ones to be like, "Yo, I got you, I got you." Mm-hmm. This one, I, this one, I got because you know we we boys. So, I'd say on top of finances, it's like. Friendships and relationships is, mm-hmm. a, is a lesson I had to learn because mm-hmm. the same people that I was kicking it when I was in mm-hmm. my younger twenties, twenty two, twenty one, I'm not hanging out with right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm I'm hanging out with people who are like living for the next year, like living for what's next, not for the moment, because mm-hmm. that's literally that moment's gone. But they're living for what's next, and I, I you know, that's that's a lesson I had. That's to learn. an interesting point you made because you know I was making so much money at such a young age. Um, and so the friends that I was hanging around with at the time, like, they, I was just the person. Like, if they didn't have it, like, well, TK got it. But yeah. nobody had TK. Nobody. Like, who had me? They you look at you like, uh, what you mean? You 
Yeah. What do you mean you ain't got it? And then um, when I had to move out of my apartment, um, the girl was like upset at me. I'm like, you're in my house. I'm paying for all this. You're mad at me because... You know, so it's just interesting, I think, how our views on friendships and relationships change it, as we changes. get older. Cause it has rem- to. Yeah, it does. I So I, and I vividly remember this, like around, and I talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but around the, ch- the age of 26, um, it's when things like really drastically changed in my life. Like when I really took control and I'm like, you know what, this is what I want for my life. And there's things that have to change. And, like, whether I wanted it to change or not, God was making that thing happen. Mm -hmm. Like, there were some things that happened with this group of friends. And you talk about... Because I think people associate heartbreak with relationships. Oh, no. But friendships, I even feel like, is even worse when there's broken friendships. And there was something that happened with this group of friends. And, I mean, that stuff hurt me to the core. Like, I was legit heartbroken. Wow. Um behind it but it needed to happen because to your point like now i'm at a point where i have a smaller circle of friends but these are people that i can truly Mm -hmm. truly trust yes like you said if i ain't got it which most times these days i mean i got my coins together now my finances but (laughs) but (laughs) i know know, for a fact that they got it and they're not going to judge me for it you know exactly i was i was telling i was telling somebody the other day that you know the friend you should have two kinds of friends around you and and truth be told, you want them to be the same type of individual. Friends that you can trust and then friends that will support you. Mm-hmm. Like, so I've got friends that I trust, like, hey, bro, this is what's going on. And then there's some people that, there's some people I can talk to and open up about myself, but I'm not trusting in the sense that they won't go tell anybody else, but just trusting with the information because some people will look at you different. They may love you, support you and everything, but when you tell them something that's intimate and deep, Mm-hmm. They may begin to look at you different because that's just something that, you know, they're not used to or that's something that they look at you completely different. And so you need to have friends around you that support you one. So whenever I say, hey, I'm about to do this, they're like, let's go, Kev. Let's go in my corner. And then people that I can trust, like, hey, with the deep, you know, sensitive and, imp- you know, just, just heartfelt things in my life that's going on. Um, because, I mean, that's what you need in life. You want you want trust and support. You know, F- money is whatever. That comes and goes. You know, hanging out comes and goes, but if you really, really have some people that trust mm-hmm. you and you can trust and they support you and you support them, man, that is invaluable. Like that's that's gold. That's gold. Yeah, and I think it's important, you know, for you listeners that are young, my young listeners, um, just know like when you're young and you're coming out of high school, like these people that you know, they're not gonna always be there. I can't even think of one person. Well, no, there is one person. That's my friend Darren who told me that I don't need to be doing this podcast out of my house. But <laughs> trust and support right there. Listen, trust and <laughs> But other than that, like there's not one person right. who I still talk to to this day. Mm-hmm. Um because what you'll find is for one, when you're trying to elevate, like not everyone is on what you're trying yeah, to be exactly. on, you know what I'm saying? So that's one thing to keep in mind. Some people are going to be very, very jealous. Mm-hmm. Like they'll smile in your face, but at the whole time they're jealous of you and they're right. plotting to figure out how they can stop that from happening. Right. right? So there's that. Um, there's just so many things that encompass mm-hmm. like that will, that you'll see change. So what I would say is 
don't put so much value and emphasis on the friendships you have now because right. as you go to these different levels and stages in your life, mm-hmm. you know, for you to elevate, the people in your life are going to have to continuously change. Right. Right. I tell people, you're going to change. So it wasn't that my friends, that they weren't good people. It was that I changed. It's like as soon as I, experiences brings about change in our life. We, you know, we are a lump sum of what we go through and the experiences we have. So me leaving Colorado and I had some great friends here. When I got to school, all that changed because I met new people. I went through new experiences. And then when I came home, they're like, oh, Kevin, you changed. And I was like, yeah, I did. That, that's supposed to happen. Like if you don't change, something's yeah, wrong. And so, and so and if you're not it, growing and it wasn't, and, and I would look at it like, I did change. You didn't. And that's probably the problem here because I, I, I changed in a good way. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would say, yeah, you know, eva- evaluate those friendships. And, and, but even before then, you got to know who you want to be, the type of person you're going to be, because mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes people change for worse. Sometimes people change for the better. And if you don't know who you are, like you'll get sucked into some stuff and some people who you left behind will will elevate beyond you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so definitely I, I agree. You know, take take really, really big, big look at who you are, who the people you surround yourself are. Um, and, and like check check those boxes. I got people who I trust that trust me. I have people that I support and who support me. I have people who if things were all, I mean, all bad, they would still be in my corner. Right. You know, like you need to know that for a fact. If you don't and you have any doubts, maybe, maybe I can, you know, just mm-hmm. start to create some healthy separation. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is you have to be okay. Right. With letting people go and letting people move on. It doesn't mean that there has to be this hostility. There has to be beef between you guys. Right. Right. Um. But sometimes you just have to move on. You have to be okay with that and willing to let go for the sake of, you know, not just them. Because in a way, like when you think about it, like if you're not helping each other build, you're mm-hmm. helping to tear each other down. Right. So you're not helping them grow if you continue to be in their life and to drag them along with mm-hmm. you. They're not growing and you're not growing either. Um. So I think that's one thing that's important to remember. I remember... Um, this is actually kind of recent. Um, there's this young lady that I met. Um, this is probably around the age of 24. Um, I met her. And so we had been friends and then we fell out mm-hmm. hard um, over some stuff. Then we made up like several months later. And then I'm the type of person like, if I have to be confrontational with you, I will. Mm-hmm. But... If I don't have to, I'll just ghost you. I'm a professional ghoster. Hey, that cut off being strong. <laughs> it is. Like, I will... Ooh, ooh, rest in peace. I gotta go, That's girl. a great trait, though. No lie. Yeah. That's a great trait to have. But not always, because sometimes people need closure, you know. But anyway, I, um, I kind of let her back in. Mm-hmm. And so we started hanging out around. But then I realized, like, there are certain activities that certain things and characteristics about her that never change. Mind you, this person is like, years older than me I think wow um so there were things and activities that she was engaging in mm-hmm. that I'm like you know what I'm a saved woman now right I cannot do this stuff anymore and there are things that I want for my life and my career I can't have this attached to me and so yeah. I had to be okay with it and I actually was by this time because I think this was like 29 mm-hmm. I was like okay with it Ooh, and that's right. something that comes along with time too 
and just and wisdom, get more comfortable. wisdom. When mm-hmm. you know, when you know who you are, you you'll be you'll be cautious of allowing certain people into your space, into into your environment. Because first, you know, for me, I'm not I'm not gonna let nobody jeopardize my peace, my sanity. I mean, that's that's on everything. Like, I, there's nothing in the world that I will let jeopardize my peace. If mm-hmm. I if I get if I'm not in, at peace with whatever's going on, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna dip. I've got to go. And so when you when you know who you are, you know okay. You know, even even before coming here, I was like, I right, listen. I know I know who I am. I'm going to be myself, and I'm not going to let anything jeopardize my peace. You know, when I go out with friends, same exact thing. When stuff starts to uh, the same right, fellas, I catch y'all later, uh, because I know just who I am, and I know. Listen, there are certain things that I just can't be around. I can't mm-hmm. be attached to because of not not necessarily where I am in life. But where I want to be in life, you know. So, like I said, thinking about every every decision, every encounter, is not for the moment. It's for what's about to take place in my future, mm-hmm. and and being okay with saying, yeah, no, mm-hmm. and I'm okay. You may not be okay with it, but I'm okay with no. Right. I'm okay mm-hmm. with no. No is a healthy word. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think you have to create your own definition of what friendship means for you. True. You know, for me, um, one of my best friends, her name is Cynthia. Um, and I met her a few years ago, um, and we're just we're these really we're just an amazing pair of friends. Like we're similar, but we're different at the same time. She has no problem telling me, "TK, listen, you messing up, right? It's good. You look a mess right now. I need you." <laughs> <laughs> I remember one day because um, we actually worked together at the same uh, firm, um, and I didn't have any makeup. She was like, "TK, look at where we work." We work in an environment full of white men. I need you to be consistent with putting on makeup. We <laughs> work. So I was like, no, she didn't tell me that. But okay, I'll do that. And so, and vice versa. Like right. I can tell her, you know, if she's doing something that's wrong mm-hmm. or whatever, I'm like, mm, you handle right. that right, boo. Right. We need to. And so we can talk to each other like that. To me, that's my definition of friendship, mm-hmm. where we can be completely open and honest with each other. I can trust you. But you also know what boundaries not to cross with me either right. and vice versa. Um, I think mine is just being able to walk away in love. Like my best friend, Keys, he is, I, I love this guy because he's the only person and I, and I have a strong personality. Mm-hmm. So most people will not say anything to me because they know I'm going to rebuttal. I'm going to say something <laughs> back. Right. I'm, uh, we're not going to send in the Kev because he's probably going to snap. And I won't snap out of anger. I'm going to snap because- you ain't about to tell me about myself and me not tell you about yours. That's, but my boy Keys, he's uh, he has an approach about him. He's very, very the silent type, and so he'll be like, "Yo, Kev, bro, that was trash." <laughs> like he'll he'll text he'll text me and be like, "Yo, man, I saw you." Uh uh-uh. uh. Like, the move. Or, or, or like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, about tons of stuff. I've been in relationships, and he's been like, "She ain't the one." I mean, out the gate. We'll, I'd be like, hey, I want to introduce you to my best friend Keys. He will send me a text in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. She's not the one. And as much as I was offended when he did that, <laughs> also, I, I mean, I, I was, I was hot, but I appreciate it because you know you don't get friends like that who are gonna just. I'm gonna be real with you because I know you and I want what's best for you. Um, and so that's that's a really good thing. I mm-hmm. I, I, I appreciate that. Tell mm-hmm. Cynthia she's a good friend. Yeah, she is. And it's funny because she's so short compared to me. Because, yeah. you know, um, for my listeners, I'm six feet tall. Um, and I like to wear heels, too. And she's so short. But when, 
where she's just this little ball of energy and she can keep up with me and it's it's amazing but um but i think it's also important to to realize too that your relationships will not just change with your friends it's going to change with everybody family your family like i remember so i'm the oldest before and mm-hmm. so the message that was always given to me is you're the oldest you need to set an example you need to do you know, the X, Y, and Z for your siblings. You need to watch out for them. And so I find, like, I don't know why, but for the longest time, I just kind of felt like their parent in a way. Like, I'm the mom. Like, you need to listen to what I say because I'm the oldest. Um, And this is something that uh, I think we, Kevin, didn't we mention this in the last episode where Stan was talking about how he was playing like a father to his sisters. And... I was kind of doing the same thing for my siblings. Here you go. Um, as well, where I was being the mom. And so I had to realize one day, because for a while, me and my sister, we just, oh, like, I just wanted to fight her all the time. <laughs> and I think she wanted to fight me. And I had to come to the realization one day, mm-hmm. you're the sister. My job is to support and have their back. Um. If they need something from me. Yeah, just be there. Just be there. And like, I even got to the point now where I'm just like, okay, if my sister comes to me, she vents about something. Sometimes I realize she may not even really want to hear my opinion. Like, she don't really care to she hear that. Talk. She just want to talk. And so I ask her, you know, <laughs> so I, I know. do you want my opinion on this? Do you want my advice? Or, you know, what what do you want from me out of this? You know, and yeah. I've done that for my brother too. Even my parents, you know, and I think it's taken some growing for them, too. So we've kind of grown together because I'm their first child, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the child that they made all the mistakes with. (laughs) Guinea pig kid. Yeah, I'm the guinea (laughs) guinea pig child. So I even think, like, so my mom, like I said, like, we started to kind of drift apart probably around 17. Mm -hmm. And then right around the age of 25, I think, is when... We got really, really close. And right. I really started to value everything that she said um, to me. And so, and I think for my parents, they learned we can't, like, she's not a child anymore. I can't right. boss her around and expect her to listen. And then, two, me growing up, I was a hard-headed child. Mm. Like, I think my mom told me the story one day of, I think I was five or something. And she said, well, I wasn't born yesterday, Kara. And I said, well, neither was I. And she was like, oh. (laughs) So I've I've never been, you know, the child that you're just going to control that way. And so I think she had to accept me for who I was, but Mm -hmm. also be comfortable with letting my own, me make my own decisions, no matter how upset they would make her or sad. Um, And I really appreciate her for doing that. And my Mm -hmm. dad too, I think. I think parents, and I'm I'm not a parent. But I think my mom and dad, they had to realize that, okay, I love him as a child, but I have to like him as an adult. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to, like, and, and now, now more than ever, um, not so much for me and my mom, because I'm a mama's boy. So, me and my mom, like, we solid. Like, I call my mom at least <laughs> at least once a day, mm-hmm. at minimum. At least we texting. Right. Um, but I call her once a day just to annoy her. Um, but me and my dad, we, I am my father's son. Um, like we are the same individual, just literally different life paths. We're the same individual. I mean, I, I notice traits in him, traits in me that he has all the time. And so mm-hmm. for a period of time, man, we just, 
I mean, just just butted heads. I'm talking when it came to any. If I did anything, he'd be like, "Why would you do that? That's not the smartest decision." <laughs> I'm like, "Yo, pop." She's like, "Oh, well, that's wrong too." <laughs> and I was like, "Me what, and my mom." Well, what you should do is this, and I mean, I mean, talking about everything from mm. buying a car, apartment. Um, I remember when I told him, uh, I was like, "Hey, man, I'm, I'm about to propose to my wife now." He's like, "Hmm," <laughs> I, and like I almost lost him. And we in PF Chang's, and I'm like, "I, I, you better say something good." <laughs> you, you best to say you like, are like this can go left really quick. Listen, and no. I'm up in this restaurant with all these white people. Like, so mm-hmm. I um I really, really, you know, we, we butted heads for so long, but it it came down to a point where we both had to grow as, you know, like I said, as individuals. My he has always been, he will always be my father, but when, you know, when I finally became a man on my own, and that truth didn't happen until like I was 23. Like mm-hmm. where like where no matter what he said, the decision was on me. And that, and I, that was for me to decide. Like, he can give me as much advice as he wants. Mm-hmm. This is my decision, and I'm going to deal with the consequences right. of mm-hmm. it. Um, and when we got to that age, and I'd say that was probably like a few years ago, where we had that, you know, that, that, that movie talk where, you know, every good father-son movie scene where the dad's like, son, I'm proud of you. You know, we had that conversation. And it was more so on a sense of, I respect I respect you because I, I see me in you, you know? And he was just like, I see me in you. I see everything that I've done in my life, all the decisions I've made. I see you are doing them and thinking them the same way I did. And I'm proud of you because you've done well. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, I'm proud of you <laughs> because you've done like you, you, you know, you kind of let me do what I Isn't do. Isn't it you amazing know? when your parents tell you they're proud of you? Man, I, I almost cried. Oh, because my parents... Listen, let me tell you about something about Terrell and Jesse. They <laughs> <laughs> they love us, mm-hmm. but they ain't finna sit up here and lie either. That's the truth. Like, if we, like, I remember my brother said he wanted to be a stand-up comedian or something. My mom was like, that ain't the move. <laughs> you ain't that funny. <laughs> like, they have no problem telling right. you. It may hurt. Yeah. But they trying to protect you. Like, you ain't finna have us out here looking crazy with our last name. No, that's, you're not. That's the truth. Um, <laughs> so they're, you know, so when they actually do say, I'm proud, I'm of, proud you. of you, that means they mean it. Chess got big and everything. I, woo. And don't I mean, that make you feel better? Listen. I remember, so I had woke up like at 24. This is my 24th birthday. Mm-hmm. Or was it 26? It's one of those birthdays where I woke up and I actually felt different. Like something right. was just different. And That's I knew good. something had to change. Because by this point, I was like partying every day except for like Tuesday. And <laughs> I was working, but just working and paying. Like, And I knew this is just not what I want. I'm not happy. I'm not progressing in mm-hmm. life. I'm just working and paying bills. And right. I don't want to be that person who just works and pays bills all the time. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be a greater purpose for me. And so... um. I was working in the healthcare industry and I hated it. Like, I don't like people that much to be, you know, I really do think you have to be a talented individual. It's a calling to be in like a calling a, to be in that. Like, in that just wasn't faces. for me. Like, you're not going to be talking to me crazy. I ain't that person. So, um, <laughs> I ended up getting a job at this investment firm. And this was nothing but God because I have no experience in mm-hmm. this field and in industry whatsoever um and going in i had to get this license it's called a series seven um very very difficult exam 
um, to be even be able to work in the industry or do anything, there's a certain specific licenses you have to have. And I just remember like going through that, that was just trial for mm. me. Like it was just an emotional roller coaster because it was so difficult. Like this book that I had to read and study was the size of two Bibles put together. And I only had a month to do it. Oh. Um, <laughs> so it was just a lot going on at that time. And my parents, they loved and supported me and all that stuff. And like when I came out of that, my parents were like, we're proud of you. Hey, that's you know? so good. Ain't it? I know it felt good. And I felt like I was going to cry. I'm like, cause, you know, I'm not a crier. I'm not emotional like that. But so for me to be emotionally moved, like mm-hmm. you did something. And so, <laughs> um, like I just remember that moment, like coming out of there, like we're proud of you. Um, and I think that's kind of like what I've kind of lived my whole life is just to like make them proud in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, especially since I made so many mistakes when I was younger, like right. with school, like I just felt like I had to make up for it somehow. Um, no, I I thought I thought I had to. I thought like I thought I had to because, mm-hmm. you know, when and, and 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 it's only for my dad. Like this is, I think I still I still battle with this all day. Like I don't compare myself to anybody else, but I do to my father. Me too. I'd be like I'd be like. Me too. Well, it's, my parents they were first generation. Like my dad, mm-hmm. first generation to graduate from college. Oh man. Um. And my dad, he's just this amazing, and my mom too. Like they're just these amazing, amazing people. And I'm like, how am I gonna go from this right. to that? Like I'm nothing like this. I can't be the, <laughs> I can't be, I can't be the one to drop the ball. That's what I was, you know, I was saying that for the longest. And then my mother said something to me one day, and and this did make me cry. She said, "You have your own path." Like she's like, just why, why are you, why are you arguing and trying to defend yourself? You you are Kevin Troy Daniels Jr., not senior. Mm-hmm. And it didn't it didn't really hit me until it didn't hit me until after she said it, like weeks after she said it, where I was like, "You're right. I can I can literally just do me the things that I'm good at, not what because everybody everybody else and not even my dad, everybody else expected me to be like him. And you know, to hear him say, "I'm proud of you." of the man that you are and are becoming was like, I mean, the heavens opened up at that point in time. I was like, man, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to own a million dollar business, you know, billion dollar company. Like mm-hmm. it literally, it really just like gave, gave me the strength and courage um, that I already had, but it just affirmed it. Like mm-hmm. you're doing something right. You're doing it right. Keep doing that, whatever that is, mm-hmm. keep doing that. And I'm proud of that. And I was like, all right, this is, you know, messed up now. Look out mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And then too, like, I think my parents, they just, and I think this is something they developed over time, but they just let me be like, if I fail or I fumbled, oh, you're going to figure this one out. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't bailing me out financially all the time um, or whatever, you know, financial or, you know, job wise, like they were letting me figure it out and they weren't judging me, which I really, really appreciate because that helped me be who I am now. Like, I'm mm-hmm. so independent. That's good. You know That's what I'm saying? Good. Which is great. You know, except for when something's wrong with my car, then I'm like, I call my daddy. <laughs> he is AAA. <laughs> I'm like, um, dad, something don't sound right with this. I need you to come out here and... See, it's not the car stuff. It's the household stuff. Oh, yeah, for uh, you? For, yeah. It's like, hey, hey, man. <laughs> hey. My... So the furnace wouldn't light the house. And I was like, man, what's going on? This thing ain't working. He was like, YouTube it. 
Oh, that's what my dad says too. He's like, like, there's so many resources to YouTube. I was like, are you serious, bro? YouTube, (laughs) bro, come over here. You ain't like, you ain't doing, you retired. You ain't doing nothing. Come over here and walk me through it. He was like, "Ah, I'm good. My dad, he was like, I'm too old for that. I'm not, my back, no. I'm like, I'm like, I wish. (laughs) Man, I wish we had YouTube when you was trying to go through some stuff. But yeah. yeah, no, that's. That's so good. let's transition into like romantic relationships. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Turn off the light. <laughs> romantic relationships. <sighs> I think, you know, for one, I think, for me, I think I blame the church just a little bit. That's fair. Just from my personal perspective and mm-hmm. how I grew up, I was a church baby, right? And so I had so much pressure, like every single Sunday. So are you dating anyone? Right. Are you blah, blah, blah. But then the thing is, if you was dating somebody, we need to see him. We don't, we don't, you know what I mean? They'd have been. They were putting, like, I just felt like this immense amount of pressure. And then, too, like, so for some of my young listeners, I think go into dating knowing what you want. Mm -hmm. Right. Understand. What your boundaries are. Yes. Understand your values and do not waver on those. It's very important. Um, and you know, my parents, they've been married now 35 years. So I grew up in a in a in a in a very loving household. My parents loved each other. My dad displayed that. Mm-hmm. We even saw some of the arguments, which I think was healthy for us to see. That's good. Because we know, like, you know, there's going to be ups and downs in relationships. I think the hard part for me, like, my dad, um, he was literally, like, my first love. That's good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I compare everyone to my dad. My dad That's is so smart. Um, He's just everything. Like, he knows how he knows how to do everything. He can fix cars. Right. He can fix stuff in the house. Like, that saved us so much money because we didn't have, like, a lot growing up. I don't even think I realized that we were kind of broke until I was, like, more like a teenager because right. that's just how my parents were. Um, My dad is just so full of wisdom, and he knows how to cook. And if y'all know me, I love to eat everything that's good in this world. But anyway, and so I was comparing everyone to him. Um, But I think... The way the world is now, mm-hmm. they make it seem as if women have to lower their standards. And not just women, men too. True. Because if you want to get somebody, you have to be, you know, you have to waver on this. And, and so I kind of fell into that a little bit mm. um, when I was younger. And then finally, when I got a little older, like 27, 28, I'm like, nah, bump that. You know, I, I, I was there. I, I think I blame the church for... My failed failed relationships. Mm-hmm. I blame church for my failed relationships. Not because I mean I I brought a new girl to church every week. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, after high school, <laughs> after high school, I moved like you know after college, moved to Denver, lived in Denver for a few years, and when I came back to College Springs, I literally brought a new girl to church every week, and so people were like, they were they were supporting me in a way. Oh, she's so mm-hmm. nice, Kevin. We so like we like her. Oh, she's so nice, and we so like her. You know, and eventually, I was just like, "Man, is somebody gonna? Ain't nobody saying, Kev, what are you doing? 
Like this is not a good look. You know, right? What I mean? No one said nothing. No one said anything. And but they're gonna talk about you though. And that's what they did. <laughs> that's what they did. And 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 it literally talk about me to the extent of, girl, don't talk to past the son. Don't talk to Junior. He wanted them. And listen, and listen. <laughs> like I mean, all of this stuff. And so it really, it really, it it harmed me in the sense of I didn't know how to be committed. At all. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know how to be committed at all. Mm-hmm. And the other side of it was, not only did I know how to be committed, but because I spent so much of my time with somebody, I didn't know how to be by myself. That is so important. I was actually just getting ready to say that. I didn't know how to be by my, like, I didn't know what it was like to just, like, enjoy Kevin, myself, mm-hmm. to take mm-hmm. myself out on a date, you know, to just be, be alone. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that felt like. And I, you know, I, I attribute some of that blame to the church, even though I shouldn't, but I, I do because people will talk and say whatever they say, but they won't tell you anything that's going to help you. Part of the reason why I have this podcast anyway, <laughs> but that is so important. If you find yourself in a situation where you're not happy being by yourself and you mm. can't be by yourself, you always have to have somebody, something's wrong. Yes. Something's definitely wrong. And... You need to dig down and figure out mm-hmm. what's going on. And the thing is, is when you want to be in a successful marriage, and you know, we all want to have somebody that we grow old with, mm-hmm. right? You have to let God prepare you right. for that. You know, my parents have this successful marriage, but my mom, um, she's someone that I strive to be like. Cause I mean, I'm serious. The the stuff that she does, I'm like, how? I'm tired. How are you doing all this? Like, she, the house is immaculate at all times. Mm. I mean, she not only took care of us, but she took care of my dad. Hey, man, listen. You know, and hope somebody listen. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just, there's just so much that I had to learn. Right. And so, the same way we don't want God to send us no mess, God ain't going to send them no mess either. You need to make sure that you're ready. I, that was, that was one thing. And, you know, everybody's got that list. Like I've, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard women say it, you know, he needs to be tall, dark, handsome, make me laugh. Good job. His own car, his own place. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, okay, that's cool. But then I dated somebody who had none of those things that they were asking me to have. Right. I was like, so... You can't ask for someone I, kind and you're ugly on the inside. I was like, so I'm just, you know, what what am I doing? Like this is mm-hmm. and, and and then over time I recognized what what I what I desire in my relationship, you know? So romantically, I, I really had to ask God to prepare. Before before I met my wife, I was in I was in a terrible relationship. It was just toxic. We argued all the time. We wasn't doing nothing. I was literally just, I mean, just I was bumming it. Mm-hmm. We were bumming it together, and I just said, "God, I, I, this isn't right. I need, I need, I need you to give me an exit strategy, some kind of way." This is literally the prayer I had. I was like, "Give me mm-hmm. an exit strategy. I need to get out of this, and then I need you to prepare me for who I'm going to marry." Because the next girl I'm with is not going to be a girlfriend or somebody I'm dating. I need you to prepare me for the woman that I'm going to marry. And this is the most grueling process I've ever been through. And I, I urge anybody, if you want to get married. And you want to like, you really, really want to meet an amazing person. Pray this prayer. Pray this prayer. Like God, break me and make me ready for, like the woman that I'm going to be with the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. The woman that you send mm-hmm. to me, not. And 
when I tell you, I was I I literally I never felt more alone in in that that time period after that prayer than I ever had. Mm-hmm. Because my friends weren't helping me out in any kind of way because mm-hmm. they 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 weren't thinking, oh, I'm, let's prepare myself for marriage. They were thinking, yo, let's get out and have fun. So friends weren't there. Things were getting bad on the job. And God has a sense of humor because during that time, I'm talking every single, every girl I knew in my past, I mean, blew up my phone at some point in time. Like, hey, Kev, I see you out here doing something. And it's amazing how the devil, like he knows you're lonely. Like he knows this because people act like, oh, there's God, but there's no, the devil is listening to your prayer. He can hear you too. Oh man. And he's going to send you those temptations. As soon as you, you start, especially when you start to get comfortable in yourself. Yes. Then that's when people, because that has happened to me where I'll be comfortable. And then I'm getting all these text messages from Mm -hmm. like, what, what is this? Hey, I miss you. Oh, all right. You miss but the thing years. is, it's right. like when you really get into that prayer mm-hmm. and you stick to it, you stay in prayer, yep. like guarded in prayer, guarded in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really trust God for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the point I was trying to make. Okay. <laughs> but all these things are going to come towards you, you know, it, it, and it is. Um, but the thing is, is that when you do that, you get so much more confident. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I'm not married now, but I'm not even finna go on no date right, with you right. if you don't have certain criteria yes, in yes, line. Yes. Cause it's not about just what a man looks like or about what he has, mm-hmm. but it's about his heart. Right. You know, right. it's about his heart. Like I've seen like my mom, she went through this period where she was really sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a difficult time for all of us. Like she was sick for a while. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking three months. Mm-hmm. My dad, he was so faithful to her. He took care of her. He loved her. He was so soft and right, tender right. with her. I'm like, his heart. Yeah, that's that's what you want. And it's not, you know, and it belongs to God. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like a man after God's heart. Right. You know, that's, and I looked at that and I'm like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if there's a man who can't, he can't deliver on these things. For one, if you, your heart doesn't belong to the Lord, you ain't for me. Not going to work. Because, you know, the Bible talks about being unequally yoked. And mm-hmm. I would um, recommend all of you, all my listeners, to go and check out that scripture. Please do. Um, but if you, if you, for one, if you're not even there, we, mm-hmm. can't, we can't have a conversation. If you're not loving, you're not kind, you're not thoughtful, yeah. you know. Because for me, I'm an alpha female. You know, I am, I wouldn't say I'm difficult to love per se, but, you know, I have certain standards and certain things that I expect. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so um, you get to a point, like, where now I'm not even going to tolerate yeah. it. Like, not, what are we talking for? It. Not even entertain it. Yeah. I, I've, I, think, I think it's a good thing because, and, and, and I say this as a man to women. So any woman, you know, women listeners, you need to be able to, like you said, secure that bag on your own. Mm-hmm. And and do anything you would ever ever need from a man, you should be able to have it on your own. And the joy, the joy of meeting somebody who who loves you the way you are, who cares about you so much. And like I said, I've only got nine months of experience in this. Is that my wife doesn't have to worry about anything from where she sleeps, what she eats, what she wears. She doesn't have to worry about it. But if anything ever happened to me. My wife has got me covered. Mm-hmm. 
my wife has got me covered. And 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 I I appreciate that from from somebody who I'm I'm a workaholic. Like I I I'm about that grind life. And I feel like you want somebody who's like, yo, let's go, let's let's hustle together. Let's get this together. And a friend, like somebody you can talk to, share your deepest secrets, pray with every morning, like literally just just somebody is a friend. Somebody mm-hmm. who's a friend. I urge any any woman who's even thinking about a relationship, don't get the guy. Like the guy who, and I used to be this guy, the guy who just looks awesome and everybody likes is probably the guy that's going to hurt you the most because mm-hmm. everybody likes him. He has the deepest issues. Everybody likes him. And I mean, oh, Kevin, 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 Kevin. That that only went so far in in my single dating life because there was nothing intimate. There was no deep connection. It was literally everything at face value. Mm-hmm. And that's just not a, that's not nothing that you want to build a strong foundation on. Not to mention if, if, you know, if you if you love the Lord and you know that God has called you to a holy and, and and a blessed marriage, your your significant other, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, they they need to be sold out. I mean, sold out because there's nothing worse than you you know you pursuing God and this person is not, and then you trying to drag them along to something mm-hmm. that they're just not mm-hmm. interested in or not. You know, they think. It's just not, you know, that's that's the worst thing to do. And you cause yourself so much hurt and pain trying to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, find, 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 know who you are and whose you are. And mm-hmm. then find somebody who, who knows the same exact things mm-hmm. about themselves. Like yep. those first few dates, me, me and my wife now, we, we didn't, we didn't date. I literally went to kind of like a courtship mm-hmm. where... Where we interacted as his friends, no, no intention of being together. Um, I knew that she was interested. She knew that I was interested. But we, like I said, we just maintained friends in a public setting. So it wasn't never just the two of us dating until we just had one conversation. I said, "Hey, listen, I, I really like you. I, I, I adore you in a sense. Like I'm, I'm watching you, mm-hmm. and what I see, what I see is like a, a beautiful." Mm-hmm. And I asked her clear as day. I said, "Hey, I don't want a girlfriend. I want to in, be intentional about being with you because I want to marry you." And I knew that day one. And she was like, "Who?" Mm-hmm. Cool. It's amazing how people always say they know. Like as soon as they meet, listen, like you already know. Listen, it's just I, a matter of when. When I tell you, I walked into the church and she was singing praise and worship. And that, that I kid you not, I'm, I tell people all the time. Like I knew from the moment I walked in the church, I was late to church. Mm-hmm. That is gonna be my wife, and and she'll say it now. She's like, I don't know who that is, but her parents knew that we were gonna get married. The first, like, they did not know my name or anything. They just, we all just, everybody right. in the church knew. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're they're, they're he's everybody get married, and and I think I think it was because we both were in a place where we we're like, God, we want you, we want you to prepare us for that individual. And I tell, I tell, you know, my guy friends, fellas, you go out and you find the woman you want to be. Now, there's there's a level of cultivating that comes with meeting your, you know, your wife, because I think every man, the way the scripture says, a helpmate comes along. But if you don't know what you need help with, how can you tell her how I need you to help me? I knew for a fact I need somebody to keep me humble. Mm-hmm. So I told my wife, hey, I need I need you to be here and I need you to keep both of my feet flat on the ground because God, God is God is taking me places and He's calling me to things. And, and those things are where many distractions can I need you to keep me humble, mm-hmm. keep me grounded. And 
that's that's what she's been. That's what she's been for me since day one. She's she's a humble, sweet soul herself, and so to know that when I saw her, I mean, y'all, I, I can't even tell you. Like Aww. the the moment mm-hmm. I saw her, I knew, like everything completely changed. Like I told friends, yeah, I can't, bro. I'm sorry. I'm good because because I knew like, <laughs> like I just I gotta get home. I no no lie no lie. Listen, I was I was telling my friends they're like, hey, bro, we going out, man. It's Friday night. What we doing? I said I can't, man. I gotta go home because I just I just can't be out in the streets right now. Like, what if somebody see me and for some odd reason I ain't I ain't gotta be doing nothing bad. Mm-hmm. What if they see me? It's the perception. What if perception they see is me? Reality. I said, bro, listen, man, this is my wife, bro. And and I was saying this. And we hadn't even had a conversation like for four months of going to the church. Me and my wife did not speak. I didn't talk to her at all. Mm-hmm. Her family invited me over for dinner. She invited me to like praise and worship, like organizational meetings and mm-hmm. dinners and stuff. And I was like, I'm cool. I'll be there. Never showed up. I was like, no, Lord, until I am like right and ready, I will not speak to her at all. And this was like, uh, like I was intentional about it. And that's it. how much you value that person. Oh, man. It's I, like, I you know what? I want to be my best self for this person. So, you know, young people, I just think when it comes to relationships, don't rush into anything. Take no. some time. Understand who you are, mm-hmm. what God made you here to be. Go after that stuff. Be your best self that right. you can possibly be. And then when the time is right, just let God prepare you for that person. Mm-hmm. And don't just pray for them, like, God, send me something. Father, show me me. Yes. Like, show me what I need to work on. Yes. You know, because there's some things about myself, like, I know I can be so impatient. Mm -hmm. That's something I need to work on before I even get into the relationship, because I'm not very patient. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm very, like, when I want something, Mm -hmm. like, it needs to go. Right. You know, and if you're part of holding up the process, you're subject to feel this wrath. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, you know, God, show me me and what I need to work on. And then, Father, heal me from all of any past hurts. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Because all that stuff you can't take into a relationship. And we do. And even friendships. Yes. Like, just in general. We like, do. you cannot move forward into these other relationships that we pursue with other people mm-hmm. in our lives and when we still have all this baggage that we haven't mm-hmm. healed from. And then pray for the other person, whoever God, whoever he or she is out there. Father, I ask that you just help them heal mm-hmm. from any past hurts because you want them to bring the best perversion of themselves. Exactly. Because I really think that marriage is hard enough. Oh, it is. Like, it is. It's difficult and for you to be bringing all these bags. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody got time. Yeah. We got other stuff to work on. I think another prayer is, I think another prayer is, especially when we're talking about relationships, is God, help, help me to be able to reveal to this person mm-hmm. the secrets that I don't want them to know about because I've when there, there were things there were things that I did not want like I was you know listen, I'm gonna get married but I'm not gonna say this I'm not gonna talk about this thing that happened mm-hmm. but you have to mm-hmm. you have to because if you if you value that person and love them enough you will give them the choice to say no to you to say no to you and to, to, to I'm good I don't want that in my life mm-hmm. and that's when you know you've met somebody that that is just amazing because they're willing to share with me something that that literally could make this whole thing be done, you know, mm-hmm. to make this whole mm-hmm. thing just not work. Like exactly. they're willing to share with me that deep secret that something that's like you ain't telling nobody. Um, you need to be able to do that, and then not to mention um, for men, you need to pray to God and ask Him to show you how to love. Mm-hmm. How to love because men we 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 operate out of respect. 
Like I can I can get in a fight with my best friend and I respect him after it's all done and we cool because of respect. But when it comes to just the way the word says, husband, love your wives mm-hmm. as Christ loved the church and women ought to respect their husbands because women love easy. Men respect easily, but we don't love easily. Like I love my mom, but me and my dad, I respect my dad. It's the craziest piece. Mm-hmm. Like I, I respect my dad, but I love my mom. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the way I would say it. But men, learn how to love your spouse, your girlfriend, whoever it is that you're into, you know, want to date. Ask God to show you how to love, and then women, how to respect your husband because it's going to come in time when he may get fired from his job and not bring in any money, and most women would just stop. Like I don't respect him anymore because he ain't he working. He ain't got no job, right? What? <laughs> that's the way, you know. That's that's the way it'll be. Yeah. And, and even for men, you know, your, your wife will get pregnant and, you know, gain weight and you'll stop loving your wife. But you respect her because she's the mother of your kids. But that's not the way it works. You need to know how to love and how to respect one another the way the Bible intended for. It. And that's I think those are some keys to a healthy, healthy, successful, uh, you know, marriage mm-hmm. and relationship mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Jeez, we've been talking about this all day. You shouldn't have can. I don't know, huh? It's good. Shouldn't have can. Ooh. Stay off of blackpeoplemeet.com, though. Please do. And POF and... Uh, just all of them. If it comes in an app form... Where you got, <laughs> wait, listen, if it comes in app form where you got to sign up, stay off of it. <laughs> okay. Because that ain't... That's, that's not the move. Um, so let's transition into now. So what I'll say... Because, you know, I think some people get so worried about what they... Again, what they haven't accomplished and what they haven't done. God has a path for each of us to walk. Mm-hmm. Right. And the way that other people are moving or whatever, it may not be for you. Right. Because sometimes we look at what other people have, mm-hmm. but we don't know how what they did to get there. There's people who have these really nice cars that I realize because I always didn't have the best car. And, you know, I'm not a car person, whatever, but they'll go home and live in a shack. But I got a really nice house. Yeah. Like, you, see priorities, the glory, don't you know, know the what I'm story, saying? Right? <laughs> like, so don't let what other people are doing or sidetrack to you. I'll say, like, going into my 30s, I felt pressure, but all that is subsided now. I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I'm moving at the pace I'm supposed to be. I am literally the happiest I have ever been in my entire life. And that's not having a spouse or anything. Like, with my career... With what I'm doing now with this podcast, with my family and my relationships, like everything is as it's supposed to be, That's good. Um, which I'm so thankful and grateful for. So there's so much to look forward to in your 30s, because for one, you've learned all the hard lessons yes. in your 20s. You know, you've yeah. gone through the, the worst of it. So then by the time you get to 30, like you can actually take some time mm-hmm. um, and reflect. And, and what I'll say is to... Um, like, take some time and smell the roses. Like, I, I do think, for me, I'm such a workaholic. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get things done that I forget to, like, stop and just be thankful for how far I have come Right. as well. Um, you know, there was a period of time I wasn't taking vacations. I would just mm. work, 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 work. None of that. And so, finally, I've gotten to a point, like, probably within the last year, like, you know, I bumped that. I'm going to go... And just enjoy life and just be thankful months. for where where I've gotten so right. far. Because, you know, sometimes we feel like we're not enough and we haven't done enough and we're not where we're supposed to be. And so we're overdoing things. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to take some time and smell the roses sometime. I would say, I would say, man, just 
like figure out a way to, you know, have an outlet. One, I think that's the number one thing. Have an outlet because the pressure of the early 20s, it does go away when you get, you know, approaching 30. Um, because for me now, it wasn't the fact that I've done all of what I, you know, all the crazy stuff I wanted to get into. It was, I just started realizing what was valuable. What was, what was, what was valuable to me? And I had to learn the hard way of just, you know what? Make everything count. You got to live for live for legacy, live for the next generation, live for tomorrow, not mm-hmm. today. Um, and then the truth be told, you know, trust God and let him worry about the details. Because mm-hmm. you get boggled down in the details, you'll stress yourself out even more. Just trust God. Let him worry about the details. If mm-hmm. it's yours, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If it's yours, you're going to get it. Like, it, 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 it will happen if it's yours. All you got to do is trust God. And so... That's what I would say for anybody who, you know, who's listening, who's under the age of 25, even if you're over the age of 25 and you're still trying to figure it out. Trust God. It's never too late. Yeah. Trust God and let him worry about the details. All you got to do is just do your part. Do your part. And that's just be, be committed, be faithful, be, you know, be trustworthy, be yourself trustworthy. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, live life. Enjoy, enjoy. Enjoy all the years that you have. Enjoy mm-hmm. every second. You know, travel every three months. Take that PTO. It's saved up. You got it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the time is, we're over time. We but <laughs> I think it was a good show. Just, it definitely was. Um, just to wrap up, like, what we talked about and recap, mm-hmm. I think the main thing that I'd, I'd like, you know, my listeners to go away with is, Wherever you're at, get control of that, mm-hmm. right? Take some time and understand what's important to you, what your values are. Don't be influenced by what other people's definitions of success are um, in your life. You have to take some time and discover that. It can't be your parents, your siblings, your your friends, people in church, or whoever you associate with. It has mm-hmm. to be your own. You need to dig down in prayer. I would say let God prepare you. For relationships and mm-hmm. not just romantic relationships, but friendships. Right. Um, let God prepare you for things that are to come. Don't be trying to rush and jump into like all these crazy relationships. There's no reason for you to go through that if you're doing this. Right. So I would say take some time and just dig down in prayer and understand what that is. What do you got? I would say um, to the finances bit, yo. Oh, yeah. Early, early on, early on, mm-hmm. like right now. Set, set yourself up. Set yourself up right mm-hmm. now. If if you can save, save and, and be wise. Be a good steward of every cent, every penny you have. Make be, a budget, y'all, yes. and stick to that. Yes. Live live beneath <laughs> your means. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more next week oh, yeah. um, about finances. But yeah, absolutely. Yes. Save, save, mm-hmm. save. You know, invest if you can. I mean, all of that stuff. It, it pays off later on in life. Mm-hmm. You know, and we don't think about it now because we're trying to get by, consume, but set something aside mm-hmm. for a rainy day. Yeah, and if you don't know, look it up, y'all. There's so many resources online. Google it. Mm-hmm. You can go to Financial Peace University. They have free resources there, yes. budgeting tools, like all kinds Dave of stuff. Ramsey, like it's very all. important. You know, you don't want to live life struggling if you don't have to. Like we all go through the struggle sometimes, but if you don't have to and it's self-inflicted, then why do it? Mm-hmm. You know. We weren't meant to. We weren't meant to live like paycheck we, to paycheck. We weren't. That sucks. Yeah. All right. But anyway, <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate all of my listeners and all of you guys for checking out and you know listening to what we have to say here. 
Please go follow my boy Kevin Daniels. Swear. Yes, um, Instagram uh, Kevin Daniels Jr. Underscore. Follow me. Check me out. Um, I mean, just be looking. Be looking. I'll probably be on a TV screen at some point. Mm-hmm. He's out here doing big things. So follow him. Make sure you, you know, support whatever it is he's doing. Just ministry, man. I want everybody to live, the, live, be, and, and move in mm-hmm. the fullest of God. So absolutely. Um, so, and then also just make sure that you guys like, subscribe, leave comments. I'm really interested to see what you guys say. I actually read them. So, you know, you don't have to worry about if it's, if it's going on deaf ears or not, because I actually value what you guys say and what your opinions are. Mm-hmm. Um, also check out the website. If you'd like to become a guest or become a sponsor of the show, backandforthtv.com is where you'll go for that and if they become a sponsor become a guest uh, page just fill out the form and we'll get back to you in a couple days or so and um, share yes share. and share let share. all your friends and all your people know this thing's going viral <laughs> jump, jump on the train now jump it on is, the train it now is. Um, so yeah just make sure you do that also um, we'll have some unique events coming up we're going to be doing some movie and book reviews and stuff like that so Make sure you check out Facebook, my Facebook page at Back and Forth TV or go on the website under events and you can see what I'm doing and how to engage with me. So as we do every week, I just wanted to close with a really quick scripture that I want you guys to really read and meditate on. And so this one is coming from First Chronicles 13, 10 through 11. Mm. Um, and that says, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things, which I think is very befitting for the episode because we all have to grow up. Got to. Got to grow up. So, all right. Thanks, guys, for coming. And we will catch you next week. Peace.